Okay, today I want to talk about my book, Lenny, and I want to talk about some of the little treachery that goes on in prison, and uh, just so you get a little taste of it. Sometimes it's 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 sad, but it's it's humorous sometimes. Not humorous, but you just shake your head and you study human nature. You know, I like to study humans. So, anyway, um... So I wrote Lenny ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight. I guess I started it in ninety eight because I started writing the Nation of Aslan. Let's see, ninety six. Took two years. I took a little time off. Then it took a year to write Lenny. Yeah, but anyway, it, it, so it deals with the uh, a lot of different issues, but uh, it, ultimately death row. If you can see behind me, all these different guys uh, going behind me, those are dudes that wound up on death row and executed. Friends of mine from Fort Worth or, you know, dudes I knew. If you listen to the podcast, you know I talked about all of them pretty much. Anyway, um, so here's my book, Lenny. And I'm trying to renegotiate contract right now or get another agent or publisher so I can get mass paperback production. It'll be better. I just wanna uh I want people to read it just because it deals with a lot of stuff and I think it'll uh, educate you on some things, certain aspects of you know, the criminal justice system and just how screwed up it is and how biased it is, especially in Texas. That's why people, you know, my, I tell my sons, man, I ain't ever going back to Texas, man. It ain't happening. Anyway, well, maybe I miss it, but still, trust me, we got a we got a long history of me in Texas. <laughs> so, um, oh, listen to this. So there's this dude, man. He he was an SSI, a porter. You know, he worked there in prison and he worked back there in ad seg where they kept everybody locked down all the gang members bad actors whatever that you done you can't get along they got you back there so uh he was passing notes from lockup to general population because the dudes back there in lockup and seg they're the ones that run shit you hear me so they he's passing notes to a certain group you know i'm not mentioning if you notice i don't mention groups because it doesn't matter you know i I don't want nobody pissed off at me either but so he's passing notes for this certain group he ain't got nothing to do with them he ain't part of nothing but he's cool with them you know plus they pay him they give him weed and shit because i'm telling you the dudes back there in lockup they got it all anyway so uh he's passing notes and he tells me, he goes, say, Bobby, I read them notes, man, because I already know they're hit lists. They're, these dudes are hitting people on this fucking list. So I'm just looking real quick, make sure my name's not on it. Then I roll it back up and, and pass it to whoever's supposed to get it. And I'm like, I hear you. Shit, I would too. You, you never know. You know, you got to beat them, you know, beat them to the punch sometimes. In, in Spanish, we say, uh, ganale la pisada. You know, anyway, so check this out. So he buys some weed one time off this dude. And and, and there they sell either a chapstick, like a chapstick, the top, just stuffed. Or a matchbox stuffed. And that's money. I mean, they charge shit. You know, $50 for a fucking 
a little the chapstick top in, stuffed in there. Maybe now it's probably about 60, 70. Anyway, but a match a matchbox shit, you're talking about a couple hundred, easy. Anyway, so he gets it, just grabs it, you know, does a deal, takes off. When he gets to a cell, he opens it up, and it's half a fucking box. You know, so he goes back and tells the dude, say, man, the, the, you shorted me. And the dude's like, man, you left, man. Why, why, why? And like, oh, okay. So, boy, don't say nothing. You already know what, right? You already know what's up. So, the next time he gets one of them notes to pass, he opens it up. Sure enough, it's a fucking a hit list. Well, he puts old boy's name on that motherfucker and wraps it back up. The one that sold him that short weed and sends it. And he said he just... Stood back in the day room and waited. He said, sure enough, he's seen a couple of dudes over there. Like I say, it's a controlled environment. You can pretty much figure out everything that's going on if you're paying any kind of attention. So he sees two or three dudes. They're starting to get that old guilty look and paranoid. And, and, and uh, they're fixing to do something. Then somebody goes and gets the weapons. And man, now they're ready. And they just, boom, converge. It's like I've seen it a bunch of times so it's like they might be you know just walking cool they're trying to make it look like they're gonna go uh they don't know each other first of all you know <laughs> and now they're gonna hit this cell from different directions i mean it's as obvious as shit anyway so but their adrenaline when they're starting to get closer to that cell it just kicks in man that fucking animal instinct because they're fixing to tear something up you hear me just like fucking wolves. So they just hit that fucking cell. And he says, Bobby, he goes, man, they went in that three of them, three deep went in there. And they just started fucking sticking this motherfucker. Well, we wear boxers in there, you know, the elastic. And just, you know, you go to your cell, you just chill in your boxers, a t-shirt, reading or whatever. And, uh, well, he said they stuck him so much. He goes, when this motherfucker came out of that cell running, Bobby, he goes, man, that they had stuck him so many times right there in the pelvic area, stomach, nuts, all there, that that elastic, they, they had just shredded that elastic. He come out running and fucking boxers are falling. He's just tripping, falling, and they're still running after him, just sticking him in his back. They ain't fucking playing, I'm telling you. So how he lived, I have no idea, but he did. And uh, so check this out. All right, so that's said and done. It's over, you know. Years later, me, that dude, that porter, the SSI, the one that put that dude's name on that list, and one of the dudes that ran in the cell and stuck that dude, he's still in prison. This was, let's see, 15, 20 years later, he got more time for that. Okay? All right. So, but now... That dude, he eventually, that porter, the SSI eventually got with them people. Was with them for years and years. Did hits, did a lot of stuff for them. They didn't appreciate it apparently. So he got away from them. And uh, he runs into that dude. And, and now they don't talk because he's not part of them no more. And they start arguing one day. And uh, he tells them, man, you know what? You're about a stupid motherfucker. He goes, listen to me. This you're sitting your ass in that seg cell. And by the way, he'd been in ad seg in that cell by himself, you know, 23 hours a day for 15, you know, 10, 15 years. You know, he thought he was doing doing a hit for his his people, but it wasn't. 
you know. So he tells him, you're a dumbass, man. That dude you're sitting in that cell for, I sanctioned that hit. I put his name on there. He wasn't nobody. He owed me. So you took care of it for me. Man, say, that dude wanted to, If he could have got out of that cell, he'd have killed that dude. But we're already locked up. But, man, he didn't say nothing. He didn't start yelling, I'm going to get you or nothing. But, man, but I looked up there, and I could just see him just looking down there at him. And, man, I, 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 boy, I'm telling you, he better hope they never meet, you know. But this is just that quick, man, you know, just that quick. Oh, here's even crazier. So in 91, well, I got locked up at Johnson County, which the, the feds had, uh, Johnson County in Fort Worth, Texas, that's Cleburne, had the contract for the feds of the Northern District. So I was locked up there. In 91, on my way to prison, and I'm that's where I met Manir Deeb. He's on death row. That dude right there that's up there on the thing. Anyway, so uh, this dude, ah, oh, fuck, I lost my train of thought. Anyway, I know what I need. So, anyway, so I'm, I'm there in, in uh, I'm there at the county jail and I meet Deeb and them. But the whole thing is, is that I already know that I'm gonna go back. So I'm trying to prepare. I'm trying to make some money. I'm trying to get things ready because I'm not sure if I'm going to go for a long time for whatever it was. I, I don't even want to get into it, but I was, it was possibly, I was going to be looking at a long time. And you know what? I got, I'm going to have to talk about that sooner or later because man, I'm telling you the way things happen. I got saved from a lot of time and it was just, I got arrested. What happened? I got arrested. Luckily I did because if I'd have been out there a few months later, I'd boy, ain't no telling what would have happened. But anyway, uh, so look, these, what I'm saying is these people, they're not playing, man. They, they, they're going to go out of their way to fuck you over if you get on their bad side and you might think you're real good with them. But anyway, when I met Deeb, and we started talking and everything, and he encouraged me to write because I used to tell him about some ideas I had or just some poetry. I used to write some bullshit poetry, and he'd read it and just laugh. He goes, man, come on, dude, for real? <laughs> you know, jail, cell, hell, shit like that. And he's like, he encouraged me anyway. So so I wrote uh, I wrote that, and, uh, and it's just inevitably that it went in that direction because I'd met so many people on death row. But... What I wanted to say was uh, with Lenny. So, yeah, that happened that it went in that direction. And but the whole thing is that all these people that I met that I think that's why it, it, it had it felt more real because I'd met so many people and, and only Deeb had been on death row and came back. But these other three, four dudes were on their way to death row and uh Man, I'm telling you, I like to just study people when I'm talking to them. I'm, I'm looking, I'm checking everything out. And especially these people, you know, Deeb, uh, James Bigby, uh, David Herman, you know, Servando, Pachicano, Joe Soria. And then this dude in Midland, I forgot all about him. Angel LeBron, I can't think of his last name. He killed two people and buried them in a fucking ditch. Anyway, look, so... I want to see, are you, are they scared? I mean, do they fear death? You know, when we, when we talk about it, or even if we don't talk about it, when they're just living their life, because I know whatever they're doing 24 seven in the back of their mind is a thought 
damn, one day they're going to stick me in that fucking, in that gurney and put a needle in my arm and everything stops. So it's there. You can't get around it. I don't think you can even forget for a few seconds laughing, talking, telling jokes, whatever, because it's fucking there, you know? Anyway, so, um, uh, well, I was talking, I want to talk about Lenny, but look, mental illness comes into the picture and not on death row because it's too fucking late. Whether you're nuts or not, it's over, especially if you're on Texas death row. It doesn't matter. They're going to, they're going to take care of you, you know, but, uh, in, in the system, like especially the fed system in the state, man, you got all these dudes and of course, nobody wants to admit it, man, fucking mental illness. And, and it's not a bad thing. I'm not talking about stone fucking crazy, blah, 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 all that shit. No, I'm talking about like bipolar, you know, a lot of dude, they got to be wheeling and dealing. They're in here making moves, making little crafts and shit. Or some dudes like, Hey man, how many of you, if I buy five of them and he's going to buy them at a discount so he can go out and sell them and flip them, make some money. That's all. They have to always be doing that hustling, making money, making moves. That's what motivates them and keeps them going without that they're with the fucking away you hear me so that i mean that's what it is that, that that's all it is is you got all these people that have various mental illnesses either depression or whatever and are disillusioned and then you got some dudes and but you know what it's like an orchestra you know you got the strings the horns the percussion all this and it 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 fucking works it's a macabre sounding zombie fucking groan at times but hey man that's all it is sometimes so you, you deal with it but and 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 look so when i started writing lenny it's like everything that i heard and 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 learned from or saw in these dudes eyes these dudes that i knew that were going to fucking death row and ended up getting executed well manir got out and ended up dying of cancer eight nine years later or something that sucks anyway uh so you know i think in every little person in Lenny and every other little person that he meets in prison or you know there there's a little bit of some of these guys in him you know that's just the way it is because or if some characteristic some trait comes out in one of these uh characters I know where it comes from and it's one of these dudes that I knew and experienced real life with, talked to him and, and felt that emotion or whatever. So I put it into my character. And I think that's why people, when they read Lenny, they're like, man, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm watching a movie, you know, when I'm reading this. You know, I read it to a friend of mine, you know, because she was going to read it. But I said, you know what, I'll, I'll read it to you an hour or two a night, hour, an hour or two a night. And, uh, and, and it's still it messes with me the book you know because it's real personal and uh so i was reading it to her and man and i'd have her fucking bawling you know anyway because i'm telling you that some of the things that we go through that are life not everybody because everybody don't go through fucking abandonment and uh and imprisonment and fucking betrayal heartache or whatever all the bullshit that the bad things that you can think happen in life it happens to a lot of the people that you end up meeting in prison hey man they're still fucking chugging on man you know and then they come out here and get kicked around again oh you get been a felon you can't get a job yeah fuck you then i'll just go sell dope again seeing they know what they're doing that's the way the system's set up man okay you know whatever we just we deal with it you know, so whatever, what I'm saying is like, so, uh, see, I got sidetracked. 
but look, these, uh, this book, it deals with a whole bunch of different issues. I know it's going to end up coming past probably right when I die, they'll make a film and everything else about it, but that's all right. My sons will benefit from it. But anyway, uh, I'm trying to get something going on with it, you know, get republished in paperback instead of the hardcover and all that other. But anyway, uh, or or audio, audio audio book probably better you know if I can get somebody with a real cool voice to read it you know <laughs> anyways um all right where's my deal I'm gonna take care of this other one and and go and ask them other people if they I got a call in coming in and that's important I got a call in he's got a couple of questions so that's what we're gonna do. <laughs>